Hey y'all, this is Daniel Kyrie. I play Darren Ritter on Chicago Fire, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. This thing makes the entire family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hey there, shy hearts. How's it going? Welcome to episode 221 of Meet Us at Molly's. It's still technically hiatus, only for a couple more days, though. We're almost there. Almost, almost there. there. The Thank last God. hiatus of the year, guys. We're almost there. Yeah. But then we get the big one, and then I'm not, you know, it's still not okay. And yada, 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 you know. know. Trying to be positive. So what we're doing this week is, you know, we're, we're, we're heading full with well, full force. We're heading towards the season finales. This is a this is a stressful time of year if you're a shy hard, right? It's a very stressful time of year because you're gearing up for the finales. You don't know what's going to happen at any moment. Deadline could drop a bomb on your head. You know, mm-hmm. it's a very stressful time to be a shy hard. So we figured this year what we're going to do instead of trying to avoid it, we're just going to tackle it head on. We're going to rip the bandaid off. We are going to go back through today and rank all of the season finales of all three shows in terms of most, pain- or I'm sorry, from least painful to most painful. So we're doing it for Fire, PD, and Med, all three. Just let's just pull the bandaid off. We're going to get yep. together, but we're going to like, we're going to power through it. Heck yeah, we are. We got we this. It. Yeah. Are you at the point that I'm at right now with deadline where like every moment you're just like, is it, is it here? Is it here? Did it happen? Well, and like, even just not even with like one Chicago, like you sent me that deadline article today about Peacock canceling save by the new save by the bell, which I'm so mad about, but I came down and I was like, fuck, like, I was like, damn it. Like, it's just that time of year for everything. And I hate it. I hate it. It's stressful. It's stressful. I feel like most of my shows have gotten renewed. The only ones I haven't heard about yet, um, we haven't heard about Upload. That's got to be a no-brainer, right? God, it's I would assume be. so. But if we just found out about Sweet Magnolias today and Sweet Magnolias came out two months, basically, before Upload, like, I'm not worried about Upload. It's, no, uh, no. yeah. It's, um, it's Wednesday when we're recording, by the way. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's Wednesday. We're back in the past. Um. I think the only ones I'm, I mean, I, I don't think the nine one ones have technically been renewed. I don't think, but I feel like those are no brainers. And yeah, we were talking about this today. The FBI international has, but none of the FBI's have been in or, or renewed, but I feel like those are no brainers. But too. if it's a no brainer, why hasn't it happened yet? And why hasn't it been all three? I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about CBS. I don't get, I don't watch CBS shows. I don't get attached to CBS shows. So I don't know how this works. Um, I'm just, I keep watching international and you guys, I'm not like gushing over the show because it's a Derek show. I'm gushing over it because it's really good. Okay. First of all, before we keep this conversation going, was there a new episode last night? I don't think so. Okay. Cause I was going to say, I haven't seen, I was going to say, I haven't seen it if there was. So it's, it's okay. I'm going to double check, but I'm, I'm still stuck on the episode from a couple weeks ago that you told me to watch the, the Cameron one, the Vo one that was like, I know. Honestly, my favorite episode of the whole season. I Um, fucking love that episode so much. I I get, I, and I've been someone who's like, not been down totally on international. It's just, it's very procedural. And sometimes that really is a miss for me, but that Vo episode from a couple weeks ago, it was the perfect balance of case 
but also personal. And it was just, mwah, it was chef's kiss. It was so There good. was not a new one this past week. The newest oh, one was God. last week. Okay, good, good. Then I'm good. caught up. Okay. Just checking. It's just, it's not gushing over it because it's a Derek show. Gushing over it because it's freaking good. Um, like I said, the Vo episode was hands down my favorite one of all, all season. It's so good. It's so good. I know. Um, I, yeah. So as we're getting to that end of that, this point of the year where, you know, it's the end of season. So we've, we've got Derek and Andrea on the calendar, so we can, we can let that slip that we, you know, we will be talking to Derek Hass and Andrea Newman the week of the finale. Um, I can't wait to talk international with him. Cause I've got just like, I love it. It's really good. I don't yeah, know. It'll be fun. And I like seeing all these different parts of Europe that they're shooting in. It makes it fun. Yeah. It'll be fun. So that's the only other one that I can think of that hasn't been renewed yet. Any streaming yeah. shows that I watch that haven't been renewed? Yeah, um, but streaming's different. Streaming's like, you know, because, you know, they come back, you know, when they want to and they air, you know, like anything I think I watch on like cable has, like I said, besides I think 911s and FBI International, I think everything else has been renewed. Oh my God. If we're going to talk other TV, can we just talk TV roundup now? It's not that big, I promise. But like, we may as yeah. well just do this now. Okay. I started the Andrew Garfield miniseries last week on FX called Under the Banner of Heaven. Oh my God. It's really good. It's really, really? good. So far, there's only two episodes, but like so far I'm digging it. It's really, really good. Okay. I will have to catch. I'm so behind. I'm still behind on Moon Knight, which is terrible because Dr. Strange comes out and I don't know if I, uh, mm, have you I got to catch up. Episode five? No, I'm not. Brenna, I caught up and passed you in a day. That never happens. I know, but I've been busy. I listen, I tackled, I, I started a big house project over the weekend and it's still not done. And I've been reading a lot and I just, I've, TV has like, just, yeah. Okay. We'll make time for a Marvel roundup next week. Cause we're going to have to. Yeah, we will. Yeah. So yeah, mm, good stuff. Good stuff. So, all right. We have a lot of news today. A lot of news, which like, of course, let's start it off with a TV roundup. Never mind the news. Okay. <laughs> so my goodness, there's a lot going on. So let's just start off with what we do know. We have episode descriptions. Okay. These are for episodes 20 that aired this coming Wednesday, May 11th. Okay. So med 720 is called end of the day. Anything can happen. Here we go. Dylan helps the daughter of a mob boss. A grandmother comes to med desperate to save her grandson. Ethan struggles with some shocking news about his father and Will and Vanessa care for Maggie's high school classmate. Okay. Interesting. I know. I know. Right. When you think you're like, what's worse than Dylan hooking up with a drug dealer? Let's throw in a daughter. Mom. Boss. Yeah. Well, cause why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. I was just yeah. thinking earlier this week about like how funny it's going to be going forward, how anytime Dylan needs like a dose of reality, pretty much all we're going to do is just sit there and say, somebody grab the vodka filled tampons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's never going to get old. I love med. They're crazy, but there are people, they're, they're our friends. They're our crazy yeah. friends. I was going to say that we haven't seen Will and Vanessa really work together, have we? We haven't. We haven't seen Vanessa, period, in the past couple of weeks. But no, I don't think we have. This will be a good So parent. that'll be, yeah, that should be good. And, um, and with Maggie's high school friend being their patient, that'll be really good, too. Because, you know, anytime Maggie's around, Will has to kind of pull it together and be an adult. So it's going to be twofold for him that Maggie's going to be like, don't fuck this up with my friend. And like, do not scar Vanessa for life. Like, pull it together. Okay. 
wasn't Maggie in high school when she was pregnant with Vanessa or am I wrong? Ooh, I think you're right. So I wonder if that classmate's going to know about the pregnancy and, you know, like, I wonder if that's going to tie into that. Maybe I could be wrong, but I'm just thinking here. And obviously Vanessa's been working on the case and I don't know. Good thinking. That's a good catch. We'll see. I mean, I could be wrong and it could just be a random high school classmate and, you know, it is what it is, but uh pd 920 is called memory you skipped fire <laughs> i did i did do that <laughs> my bad okay fire 1020 actually no you read fire what am i doing you read fire <laughs> okay fire 1020 is called halfway to the moon it says a family friend asked herman for some advice on opening a bar tensions run high between emma and violet and kids struggles to keep her team together Okay. Oh, okay. I feel like fire is at that point of the season now where like you think everything is good and shit is just about to hit the fan. Yeah. Cause obviously I'm sure kids struggling to keep her team together has to do with Mason is now going to probably be on Emma's side. Cause Emma has now like brought him over to the dark side, unfortunately. So then we're going to have Mason versus Gallo and yada, yada. Like it's going to just turn into a whole fucking shit show. So stupid. And like, Mason's on Emma's side just because she flirted with him. Come on. Yeah, it's going to be a shit show. This is like a repeat of what happened with, uh, what's his face? Rice at the end of season four. Season three, but yeah. Season three, season four. I don't know numbers. I'm skipping things tonight. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, um, and obviously then that's going to have to do with the tensions running high between Emma and Violet. Like I said, the whole thing's just going to be a shit show. Man, so the the one Chicago Pod Squad group chat these past couple of days has been lit, lit as the kids oh, say. Well, we'll get there when we talk about all the finale stuff. Well, we no, well, that, that and that's why I say that is because of all like I'm just like my nerves are so frayed with fire right now because of all of the stuff we talked about today. Um, oh it yeah, was funny is what I'll leave it at. It was very very funny. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and also, I mean, a family friend asking Herman for advice on opening a bar, that's going to be hysterical. Yes. I'm just here for that, here for all of that. Yes. So. All of it. That'll be good. Okay, so PD920. I'm <laughs> right this time. I didn't skip anything. There we go. I got excited. I don't know. Okay, PD920 is called Memory. Boyd and the team delve into a cold case in search of clues to solve a shocking new crime. With its focus on buried memories, the case sparks concern for Burgess and Ruzik about Michaela's mental healing. Brenna, you're shaking your head can't, already. Can't we just leave poor Michaela alone? Like, haven't we, haven't Michaela and Burgess and Ruzik and all of us fans, haven't we been through enough in these last, well, actually really the back half of the season? Like, haven't we been through a fucking enough? No, apparently not. I'm, I, I'm over it. I'm just over it. I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. I realize that. I'm just over it. Like, a lot of people have really high hopes for this episode as this being like a Berserk episode. They're going to come back together. They're going to come back together. That's awesome. Like, great. I really hope I'm wrong. I really do. Like, I do. But I'm just kind of like, whatever. After the last one, I, I'm not getting my hopes up because I don't want to be disappointed again. I think rather than having my hopes up, because I agree, it's 
it's been a lot and I, I don't necessarily have my hopes up, but I am curious because this is probably going to be the last Burzik content we're going to get for this season. I really doubt we'll get much more in 21 and 22. Mm-hmm. I am curious to see where they leave things. Is it in a good place? Is it in a bad place? Is it in kind of a, like a, we're in the middle and, you know, it's not necessarily good, but it's better than it was. Like, I, you know, I, I'm curious, I guess, to see where 920 ends more than anything. Yeah. Cause that's what we're going to have. I have, like I said, I have a feeling that's the last real burst of content we're going to get. That's going to carry us all summer. So mm-hmm. is it going to be something good? Is it going to be bad? Is it, I mean, I, I don't know how much worse it can get than whatever episode 17 was that 17. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much it, how much worse it can get than 17, but like, I guess theoretically it could. So like, are we going to be, I just curious, are we going to be in a good place all summer? Or are we going to be in a bad place? And like I said, I'm we not saying even... they're going to get fat together. Cause I don't, you know, like, but I would like to maybe see them in a amicable place. Yes. Yes. And apparently based on the way 17 ended, that's almost too much to ask for. Right. Like, I feel like even if we get them at like amicable and like on relatively the same page, mm-hmm. then we're winning. And like, that's like holy grail going into the summer, which sounds insane to say, but it is. I think that's just holy grail coming into the summer is like them being somewhat on the same page. I agree. I'll take that. I'll take that any day. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, Listen, if you're out there and you have tons of hope for Berzik in this episode, yes, yes, go be hopeful. Like, I hope it works out too. I'm just saying the way I felt after 917, I was fucking pissed. And so I'm not doing that again. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be hopeful for 920 because I don't want to get pissed off again, but that's just me. So yeah, we will see. We will see. see. But also for fuck's sake, she's seven years old. Let her have some peace. For real though. That's like literally as soon as I saw the thing about like Michaela's mental healing, I was like, can we not, can we not just let her heal? She is seven. Just let her be a fucking normal seven-year-old. I mean, granted, she'll never be quite that, you know, she's already gone through what she's gone through. We can't undo that, but still. My niece just turned five and like her biggest concern right now is the American girl doll she got this weekend. Okay. Like, why can't we like that? We just need a moment of that being Michaela's biggest concern. Like, let's just have a whole B plot of Berzik taking her to the American girl doll store. Let's just do that. Let her be eight or seven or however old she, let her be a child. My God. No, really the B plot that we need is Ruzik and Kevin taking her to the American girl doll store. <laughs> I would pay such good money for that. Um, I need that fic. Uh, somebody needs to go write that. Yeah. Like Kim has planned, like Kim was planning to take her. Something came up. Kim can't go. So Ruzik and Kevin have to therefore take her and it will be amazing. I need it. I need it so bad. Yeah. Somebody write that fic get on it (laughs) get on it (laughs) oh man all right so we also have the descriptions for the penultimate episode the ones right before the finale so this is episode 21 they air on may 18 18 so brenna start us off with med okay so med 721 is called lying doesn't protect you from the truth says dylan and ethan treat a patient shot during the drug raid Charles and Vanessa work together to properly diagnose a motivational speaker and Will and Hannah must turn to Crockett for help with a patient who's pregnant. 
Okay. Okay. So bets on Dylan and Ethan's patient in the drug grade definitely has something to do with Milena, right? I'm not saying the patient is Milena, but that drug grade definitely has something to do with Milena, right? Probably. If it is Milena, Ethan kicks Dylan out and doesn't let him work on the case. I don't think the patient itself is Milena, but like the drug grade, I'm sure Milena's going to sh- all of a sudden show up and yada, yada, yada. And it's going to be awkward. It's, it, it definitely has something to do with Milena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, Fire 1021 is called Last Chance. Mouch and Ritter work together to solve a murder mystery. Severide and Cruz tackle a food truck fire. And Gallo goes to see Hawkins about Violet. What? Okay, so obviously, I think the last sentence is really what has kick-started Twitter. Because I hope it is... Gallo going to Hawkins about Violet, but not in a romance sense. In like a, I'm worried about Emma and what she's going to do to Violet. Like, let's team up and work together, yada, yada, yada. Like, that is really the situation we need. We don't need the romance part of it. As much of a butthead as Gallo's been this season, I give him the benefit of the doubt. So, you know, hearing that, like when, you know, hearing him going to Gallo, I think that's exactly what it's going to be. I don't think he's looking to cause drama. I think it's literally just going to be like, hey, listen, please do something because I'm worried about Emma. Yeah, it better be. If it's anything else, we riot. Yes, we do. Um, But on a lighter note, Mountain Ritter solving a murder mystery is going to be 10 out of 10 content. And I'm already so excited for it. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's going to be pretty, pretty funny. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. Also, if there's a food truck fire, please let there be a Molly's 2 reference. (laughs) Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. I think this is going to be the whole thing that sets Severide on his, like, whole thing that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I know. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So PD921 is called House of Cards. And it says, as the team closes in on drug kingpin Javier Escano, Voight is forced to lie to his undercover informant, Anna, to keep her on track. Their deteriorating trust threatens an increasingly tenuous operation. Ooh. Yeah. As much as I hate Void episodes and the Anna storyline has kind of been eh, I am kind of excited because it's basically going to be like a two-part finale. I'm assuming, you know, based, I'm sure this and then whatever happens in the finale. I think it's going to be good. Like I do, I am excited for it as much as I really wish it wasn't a Void finale. Uh, well, it's not, it's not that I'm, I'm not disappointed that it's going to probably be a Void finale because like then we get to breathe easy that everybody else is safe. But <laughs> true, true. Um, yeah, I'm not too freaked out about that. What I am freaked out about is that this whole time we're just like, Anna's going to die. The writing's on the the wall. It's too easy. Anna's going to die. I'm worried that the writers are going to pull switcheroo at the end and be like, you thought Anna was going to die, but she's not. And then something else crazy is going to happen. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm not that worried. I do still think Anna's going to die. Obviously, I don't think that's going to be the cliffhanger. I think that's going to happen earlier on maybe even at the end of this episode I don't know and like Mm -hmm. then leading into the finale is more about like who killed her um and like finally trying to bring down Escano but 
I don't know. Like I definitely, I think as much as, again, it's kind of been a pain in the butt. I really have appreciated how they've set this up from like early in the back half of the season. And we've seen it play out throughout the season. So I am kind of excited to see where these last two episodes go in terms of this kind of stuff. You're excited. I'm just terrified. I'm looking forward to it. I, maybe excited is not the right word, but I am not on some wood, Bryna. We are going to revisit this at the start of the next season. And you're just going to be like, why did I say that? In the start of next season, I could have regretted in a couple of weeks. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like the end of the season is so stressful. It's so stressful. I'm not honestly, I'm way more stressed about fire than I am the other two. Maybe that's naive of me and I'll regret that in a couple of weeks but I am way 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 more stressed about fire for all the reasons we're about to talk about in two seconds yeah. than I am about PD or med yep yep yeah so let's jump into that so over on tv line we got a Matt's inside line and the question in there was any final Chicago fire scoops for the season okay so the answer here was, well, there's good news for Brett Dalton's character who took a job at another firehouse so Stella could take over as Truck 81's lieutenant. I just had like a light bulb moment, but I will I will save it. Hang on. Okay. okay. So Derek says, we're going to see Pelham again before the season's over. As Andrea Newman, the character proved such loyalty to Firehouse 51. It was really cool to see him bond and find his place there. And it's nice to have him out in the world of the CFD. Okay, but maybe I'll, there was that You say it, just say it, just say it. Okay, there was that soundbite from Andrea earlier this week where she was like, there's going to be like a birth, a death, a wedding, a cliffhanger, all that stuff. What if Pelham is the death? Interesting. That like just hit me. And I don't remember if this was a theory, if this was an actual spoiler or if this was a rumor. I don't know. I think I remember, and maybe it was, I don't remember who said this at all my like group chats and all the Twitter talk, it starts to blur together after a while. I don't think, I think Brett may be in episode 20. I don't think he's anywhere near the finale is what I think I remember somebody saying. Oh, okay. Or at least there were permits for another, like a random firehouse, like that were attached to episode 20. So it could make sense if he was in 20 and not necessarily 21 or 22 like what's he doing there i don't know i know and by going back to your little like theory your random little you know the death like well i mean granted yeah we all kind of liked pelham by the end and like yeah i think it definitely meant a lot to stella that he gave up the job at 51 so she, you know she could ultimately have it because he knew that was the right thing to do but like would him dying really have any emotional impact i mean that would set then something else off like yeah i think stella would be upset i'm sure everyone would be a little like shocked but like okay cool moving on like i you know like i don't think i mean but no but seriously like yeah. Okay. So I see what you're saying. The basically what we were discussing in the pod squad group chat today was we were, we went crazy on the what ifs. It's really one of the more fun parts of being a shy heart is just seeing how crazy of theories you can come up with. The theory that we came up with was what if at the end of 21, it's somebody from OFI who dies. And that is what set Severide on his quest to just like take them down. I think Pelham's death would hurt more than Van Meter's just saying. No, but I'm talking about emotional impact on care. Like, I think if Pelham dies, 
okay, yeah, I think the characters are sad about it, but it doesn't then set someone off. Like I, I don't even think of Van Meter. I really think it's Seeker, but we'll get there. We'll get there in like two seconds when we talk about all the other stuff. But, but we like, really know when Andy's around. Not always. Oh, man. And it could be a thing that happens off screen. I mean, I would hope it wouldn't happen off screen, but like technically it could happen off screen. Um, yeah. But anyway, I just, you know what I'm saying though? But I think if Seeger dies, again, in theory, if Seeger dies and that's what sets Everett off, that makes so much sense. But if Pelham dies, like, yes, everyone is 51 is going to be sad about it, of course, but does it then set them off to have some sort of other bigger impact? I- I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You got to be really careful with the speculation game because it, it's really fun until yeah. you like go a little bit overboard and then you start to just like spiral. Yeah. Um, that it's just that that one soundbite is driving me nuts. Like a birth, a death, a wedding and a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. Like, we'll get to that cliff. We'll get to that uh, soundbite. It's at the end because it's new scoop. But yeah. Yeah, we'll get so, there. No, I'm, I'm glad Brett is coming back. I'm just, you know, there's just, it's going to be chaos in this finale. Just chaos. Yeah. Speaking, I guess, of people coming back, should we just move into all the, okay. So last week, there was all these different interviews with Derek and Andrea. And basically the confirmation we've all been waiting for is Jesse is coming back for the finale. Which, I mean, again, I think we all kind of knew in our guts, but it is nice to see it mm-hmm. confirmed officially. Um, but I do love the deadline article, though, because the deadline article is the only one that asked about Gabby. And, of course, they had to, like, put it in the headline. It's, like, a little clickbaity, in my opinion, but it's, like, but no Monica Raymond. It's, like, yeah, maybe in our theories, did we could we have thought of a world where Gabby comes back for the wedding? Of course, but, like, I don't think anyone realistically thought it was going to happen. I mean, I was thinking it. I, I don't know. But um, basically, so a bunch of the articles kind of gave somewhat similar things, but deadline, we'll start with the deadline one first, because there is some difference in some of the different articles. So basically the deadline one says, you know, talking about how they got Jesse back, it's like, you know, yada, yada, yada. Of course, like Casey, there was no way Casey would miss seeing his best friend getting married. And so, of course, he agreed to come back. Apparently, Casey, uh, of course, we saw last season Severide asked Casey to be his best man. But according to Derek, Cruz is going to be upset about it or because, you know, of course, it says like he promised Severide he was to be his best man and Casey is a man of his word. And then Derek adds like Cruz is not happy. Of course, Severide was his best man when Cruz got married. So and now he's been relegated to second best man. And Derek's like, that's going to be fun. I'm like, I don't think that sounds very fun to me. But, well, but you got to know where you stand. Like Cruz has to know that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's always Severide and Casey. Right. And I mean. Severide asked Casey literally pretty much as soon as he got engaged. It was like, will you marry me? Will you be my best man? Like, I mean, it's not a secret. Technically, Severide was Cruz's second choice. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Technically. If you want to get technical, yeah. Yeah. He would have had Severide second if Otis had been there. Yes, of course. Um, Then, of course, there's also, because with Casey means Brett is coming back. 
Um, apparently, according to the deadline article, it is confirmed that Kara is going to stay in season 11 and Jesse will not, but Kara will be around for season seven or season 11. I'm like mixing up all my seasons now. See, it's not just me. But yeah. Um, so then, of course, it's like, you know, Andrea says, you know, it's like, yes, Sylvie will be back for the finale. She's a full time member of 51. She was gone while visiting Casey. When she's back, she's back. She and Casey will have to figure out their relationship going forward and which is what they'll be doing in the finale. And, you know, Derek's like, yeah, Casey's committed to Oregon. It's a three year commitment. You know, he's not coming back to permanently to 51 anytime soon. Oh, man. But oh, man, that really sucks for the Bretzy fans. That really sucks because I didn't even see this part of the article. I saw that they were saying like they're at a critical time of their relationship. And I immediately was like, oh, are they going to get engaged? Well, but- we'll get to the variety. In variety, there's some more on the Bretzy. So we can get there in two seconds. But, um, and then like I said, Deadline's the only one that asked about Monica or whatever. But, you know, Monica's busy and Derek even said so. He's like, yeah, I actually spoke to Monica recently. Like she's directing an episode on National Treasure TV show, like yada, yada, yada. Like she's put Dawson behind her, you know. Yeah, I don't think she's coming back anytime soon. Direct quote from Derek. So, yeah. Um, But like I said, there were a bunch of these articles. And so the one that our friend Emily at Variety wrote um, had some different tidbits. So... And it had some different stuff about Bretzy. So it says, when Spencer left the series, his character temporarily moved to Oregon, yada, yada, yada. He and Brett decided to stay together, yada, yada, yada. Um, and the quote from Andrea says, long distance relationships are really hard. I mean, their relationship was a long time coming at the end. They're deeply in love, but I think it's a real challenge for them to be far apart. They come back in after having been together for a week. That was only a week when Brett was visiting. I didn't Where I was she? that part. That, there's no way this is all gone down in the span of a week that directly contradicts what hawkins said in the last episode where he was like hey violet doesn't brett come back in a, back month? In a month yeah what has he been doing the whole time anyway um when brett was visiting but they know now that they have to say goodbye again for an undetermined amount of time that's weighing heavily on them when you go to a wedding with anybody it brings up all those sorts of questions about your own future your relationships so they're definitely going to be struggling with that so yeah son of a bitch are they really gonna they're not they are not gonna break up Bretzy are they I feel like I feel and I understand like I I do think it is obviously very realistic like long distance relationships are hard and like people do try to stay together and it doesn't work but the only problem I would have with it obviously of course I'm a Bretzy fan so I would hate it but I also feel like they've done such they've made such an effort to keep them together like they could have easily have broken them up when he left to go to Oregon and they haven't. So like now for them to break them up, it would just kind of seem like a stab in the back. That would really suck. That would really suck. And I would completely understand why Bretzy fans would be beyond upset about that because even Jesse leaving, you know, the fire camp was like, hang on, it'll be okay. They're going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out only to just, that would suck. Yeah. And I, I mean, It is like, I I get it, right? Like it is hard on a TV show, I'm sure. Relationships are a big part of TV and TV writing. So when you don't have that aspect to a character because their significant other is off screen, like you kind of then struggle, I'm sure, with like what to do with them, which Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be that way, but I'm sure it is part of the conversation. So like if Jesse, 
does stay off screen for, you know, two, three years, whatever, or never decides to come back, decides to come back, whatever. But like, and Brett is still in a relationship with Casey. It does leave like, okay, well then I guess we only have work stories to tell with Kara. We can't tell relationship stories with her, but like you've come this far like, I f- it would just suck to be like, okay, yeah, we're going to break them up. And then we're going to try to get Brett together with someone. Like, it's just, I don't, nobody wants that. It would be, it would feel really disingenuous to break them up and then next season be writing stories for Brett where she's dating and stuff like that. Yeah, it would just not, yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Um, But on the other side, this Variety article teases that I guess there is another special guest it says the wedding is not to go as planned i roll um plus there will be at least one surprise guest at the wedding besides jesse it became a matter of how many people we could get in one day available one day availability wise so we put together a wish list um we had kind of endless wish lists that went on pages but that being said we also have all these twists and turns in the wedding itself people that we wanted to get there might not make it I honestly feel like that leads more into the OFI storyline too, right? Like it would make sense for Seeger to be at the wedding, but they can't get her there because she's now dead. (laughs) Yeah. Dead. Like that would make sense. Right. Yikes. Yeah. It kind of would. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, but who is this other surprise guest at the wedding? Yeah, I don't know. That that I can't figure out. Like I I please what- tell me for the love of God, it's Brittany Curran. Please. <laughs> please. That would be hilarious. But why would she show up? Brittany, no, Brit not Brittany, Brittany. Brittany play it plays Katie. Oh shit. That, I got my <laughs> Britney's backwards. I got my Britney's backwards. I didn't mean character Brittany. I meant actress Brittany who plays Katie. I got my Britney's mixed up, so sue me. Um Yes, Please. I would love that. I would Please. love that. Sorry, it I needs... had this version of like Severide's ex-wife just like rolling into the wedding and being like, I object. <laughs> that would also be hysterical though. No, that would be hysterical. But yes, Brittany Curran, his sister would be great. Yeah. And it makes sense. I, I don't know who else. I mean, I obviously, of course, I have a wish list too of people I would love to see make an appearance again. <laughs> cough, cough. Peter Mills but like at this point does that make sense I don't know yeah but Peter doesn't know Stella that's what I'm saying like it doesn't make all the sense in the world I know so this is so stressful yeah (sighs) yeah and then on top of that you also had the quote from Derek which he kind of teased on one Chicago day with us he says Despite the past shocking storylines on Chicago Fire, this is the, and I quote, top finale they've ever done. You're going to top the time you tried to drown squad? Lord, this is going to be, this is going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. This is so stressful. Yeah. Also, apparently, Derek teases. I think it was in Ashley's 
one Chicago Day interview that like Mouch's couch is also in danger. Like, where does that come from? And he teases it here. He's like, you know, there's a beloved character since episode one, season one, Mouch's couch. It's like, I don't want to say the couch is in danger, but like it may not make it through the season. Like, what the fuck does that mean? So are we setting the firehouse on fire? I don't know. Does Tuesday chew it up? Like, no, she's too old to be chewing things up, I think. But are Maybe we going to set like, the firehouse on fire? Maybe something, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's what it is, is that like, maybe Seeger goes to 551 looking for Kelly or something and they're not there, they're on a call and instead like the firehouse catches fire and that's how she dies. The end. The end. And scene. <laughs> Fade in, Seeger dies. <laughs> um, exterior crystal garden day. Stella, I do. Kelly, I do. On and a boat. After fade out. You forgot the part where they're on a boat. They're on a boat, but but nothing bad happens to the boat. Yeah, no, we're not reliving the season nine finale. No, fade out. The yeah, end. I just wrote the ten finale. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing round of applause. Amazing. There. <laughs> Yes. Um, please consider that as my official pitch to join the writing staff of Chicago Fire. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I can write better than that. Marginally, not much. <laughs> yeah. No, you can. You can. Oh my goodness. The finale game is just driving me nuts. And we haven't even really talked about the Hakami Gallo stuff. All the like articles about that that have come out either. Oh. Like that we were just worrying about Stellaride and the wedding and Bretzy. Like then we have Hakami. Like really? Okay. The the good news is that like endangering Violet or Hawkins is less likely to set Severide on a course of action leading into the finale. I, I am. I will say this. The stuff. The behind the scenes stuff that came out today that random go buyers were posting on the internet, which has been great. I love when random go buyers just like post stuff they don't they they don't they don't know they're not supposed to post it, but they shouldn't have posted it. But it's great. Because they don't um, watch the show, so they're just like, oh my god, this show is filming. This is so cool, not knowing like you're right. giving us vital information. Right. But I will say the more stuff that comes out, the less likely. I am afraid that something happens to Hawkins, which was a very popular theory that's been floating around the internet for the last little bit. I am yeah. less likely. And also, I don't think Jimmy's been in Chicago in the last couple of days. So like, honestly, he can just, I'd rather not see Hawkins in the finale at all if it means he's safe and can alive and can come back in season 11. Well, like, Think of the moment when they like violent no, happens to the wedding and they just serve. Obviously, I would like him there, but if it means that he is not in there, but he's safe and alive and can appear in season eleven, I'll take it. Yeah, just like put him in like a safe box, lock it, put it in the corner. Like we'll deal with you next season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if it means he can come back next year, I'll take it. But we do have the article, so. There was one from Deadline, again, in this interview that Andrea and Derek did. The headline says, Chicago Fire bosses tease love triangle between Violet, Hawkins, and Gallo, and I quote, is still alive. 
I want to barf just reading that. <laughs> Ooh, that was a hot take. <laughs> you don't though? It doesn't make me want to barf just because I look at the three of them and Gallo is no competition. Gallo I mean, is nothing. Yeah. Okay. So it says the Gallo Hawkins Violet Love Triangle is still alive. Andrea tells Deadline. Um, there's still a lot of complications between them. It's not going to be as simple as she goes off with Hawkins. It's still a tricky situation for all three of them. And Gallo ends up very much in between those two. She continued, Gallo has been a good friend and that can be very attractive. She's got herself in between two really great guys who are very different. It's very complicated. No, it's not. Really not. I don't understand. And we were talking about this in the group chat last week. Well, last episode, I should say. Violet and Hawkins told each other they're in love with each other. How do we go from that to like, I'm in the middle of a lone triangle. I'm so confused. Yeah, like, how do we, how do we end up there? If that's where this they're saying we supposedly go. Yeah. Unless this is all just one big tease. And it's really trying to tease the fact that Gallo's going to go to Hawkins for help regarding Violet. I don't know. But like, if it really is a love triangle, I just don't understand how we go from, oh yeah, I'm in love with you to, oh, I may have someone else, feelings for someone else. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense to me. No, me neither. Um, but the article says, continues, it says, and while Violet's love life is thriving, she feels like her job is being threatened by newcomer Emma Jacobs, the latter of whom is spreading rumors that Violet can't do the job she was hired for. Says, we've had so much fun with the Emma character and the actress is great. She's a very intriguing character who will surprise everyone at every turn. She's driven strong and a tough woman with her own agenda that is yet to be revealed. Oh, Jesus. And it says, adds Derek. Violet just called her a sociopath in the episode that just aired last week. And she also says that Emma is just trying to take her job. That storyline is continuing. I will say there's more to be revealed in the coming episodes that are a lot of fun. Which then leads us into the next article. Yeah, this one made me want to throw shit. Okay, so Hello Magazine has this article that says Chicago Fire Bosses tease dangerous conclusion to Violet and Chief Hawkins' romance. What the? Like, why? No, leave them alone. This one came out first and then all the stuff about Severide and whatever. So, like, that's why last week everyone was flipping the fuck out about, like, is Hawkins gonna die is that what you know whatever and then now I still feel better about it but this is still makes me wary yeah but dangerous dangerous how okay so keep reading okay so Derek and Andrea wouldn't answer questions about whether the pair's controversial romance would continue into season 11 instead only sharing that there will be a very dangerous situation the two will be involved in can we not can we yeah right can we not like no nobody want nobody wants this um nobody nobody. Wants it. And also i'm just gonna i'm gonna take a second to manifest okay we're gonna manifest that this is going to continue into season 11 in a positive way we're manifesting yeah we just need to take a second manifest manifest that shit okay it is manifested like I said, I'm throwing that theory. That was a theory that was on my nerves last week. And now I'm throwing it back out of my mind. I'm sticking with my Severide OFI Seeger theory. I'm going back into that land. And yeah. Uh, Chicago Fire, 1101, um, Act One, Fade In, Hawkins and Violet sit on the couch and watch Netflix happily. Dot, dot, dot. The end. The end. 
Yep. And now you wrote the season 11 premiere. I wrote the finale and the premiere all in one go. Good. Look at me. Coming for Derek's job. <laughs> oh, um, but I would do love to, there were some other things in this article that had nothing to do with like finale talk, which was really nice. It said, you know, it was just Derek and Andrea praising Hanukkah, which of course it says, you know, we talked to Dick Wolf not too long ago and we were so proud of the whole season. It was tough in terms of production, yada, 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 our crew's the greatest. And the performances are insane with the actors really stepping it up in ways we couldn't imagine. The way Hanukkah has portrayed Violet has been amazing. Um, duh. Um, yes. Violet, it's been, I think, I, I think Violet was the MVP of the season. Oh, 100%. Like, for sure. 100%. Um, also, I love this idea. It apparently says Derek has also shared that he would love to put Violet out on her own for a standalone episode similar to the recent episode that aired, you know, focusing on Bowden. Um, a Violet bottle episode would be amazing. Isn't that exactly what we said? I, I need it, though. If Derek is already thinking it, Derek, we need to make it happen. Yes. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Season 11, Violet bottle episode. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And I bet that would be like, I feel like that would be really similar to like Burgess in the warehouse episode where like she discovers powers like she doesn't even know she has. Oh my God. It would be unreal. It would be amazing. Need it. Need it. I'm just going to put that on my season 11 wish list now while we're getting that started. Yes. Um, yeah. I got to get like a thread going for that just because I have little thoughts like at times where I'm like, ooh. And then of course it comes time to do the wish list and I'm like, the fuck did I say? What? I what that yeah. was. Yeah. Um, but last up for news, this has been a lot, but last up for news today, um, our friend Haley, who always does the Lord's Lord's work and finds us all the scoop in the physical TV guide magazine, because that's just what she does. She's the best, came down with this and it kind of broke the, it definitely broke our patron group, but it also broke the group chat and Twitter and, you know, just everything. So it says there's plenty of heat in the drama's 10th season finale with alarm, blah, 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 blah. I don't need to read their part. Um, it says, you know, the big day for Firehouse 51 sizzling lieutenants, Kelly Severide and Stella Kid means the return of the groom's best man, Matt Casey from Oregon. At least he has his ready-made date in his long-distance love, paramedic Sylvie Brett. But things won't go easily for Celleride. The couple, and I quote, are planning a big formal wedding, Andrea says, and we are going to throw all sorts of wrenches into the works. First, emotional baggage related to kids' previous abusive marriage and Severide's parents' troubled union. When push comes to shove, when they are standing there, are they going to be able to pull it off, she asks. Um, plus, Severide's digging after a crash that gets him in trouble with the bad guys, who would with bad guys who would prefer he leave things alone. Okay, wait. Let's talk about this whole cold feet thing, this little soundbite. That would be the most out-of-character thing for them to go through the whole season, have multiple episodes that end in like, are you sure we can do this? We can do this. I'm in. I'm in too. Only for them to get cold feet on the day of the finale. That they would literally, be so out of character. They literally, in the last episode, they just talked about it. And they're like, they literally even talked about, I mean, Stella talked about, Grant, like, we literally just talked about this. And they're mm -hmm. like, I think we can do it. And they're like, in several, like, yeah, I think we can too. What? If they spend all that money on a wedding at the Crystal Gardens and they bail at the last minute, like, wow. I'm going to throw shit. <laughs> I will judge them so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this crash that gets him, like, Severides keeps digging and Severides getting in trouble with the bad guys. And it's going to, 
this I've put this in the pod squad group chat, but I think we're heading towards a will season four mid season finale type arc. Right. Sounds like it. Sounds just like it. Yeah. But in this case, I just imagine Severide like looking at will and being like, now let me show you how it's done. Yeah. I don't think it maybe be as chaotic as the will one was, but still, um, but the, it's continues to go on to say, meanwhile, things get messier for secret loves Violet and her new EMT bo- or her EMT boss Hawkins, especially after her ex Blake, or especially with her ex Blake still having feelings for her. I mean, who wouldn't have feelings for Violet? But like, dude, but like you yeah. missed your chance. Yeah, if you want to be a really grown up thing, you'll step aside and respect the fact that she's happy. Yep. And then this is the quote you were talking about earlier. It says, the finale has it all. We have a birth, a death, the event of a wedding, and a cliffhanger. I hate it. Okay, the birth is obviously some patient that Violet and Emma work on, right? Obviously. Has to be. be. A death, the thing that sets off Severide. I'm still playing with Seeger, but we will see, I guess. And if if it's anyone... If, if it were anyone more significant than that, I don't think they would get married. Like, they'd be mourning the loss of, you know, somebody from the firehouse. I think if it was anybody more than that. Do they get married? Because the next thing it says, the event of a wedding. I'm the say. event of a wedding is very specific wording. And then a cliffhanger. I love how the birth, the death, and the wedding are still not the cliffhanger. I'm curious, and this is something we'll probably, you know, we'll we'll find out when when we have Derek and Andrea on. I'm I'm wondering if Andrea, like, Andrea's personality vibes with Derek, or if Derek has rubbed off on her after all these years, because, like, you hear these sound bites from her, and I'm just like, this is all stuff Derek would say. Mm -hmm. This is probably why they work so well together. I hate, I hate finale press. I hate it so much. it's the worst it's the worst and it always seems to be fire too because Derek is the master troll like we never get this about pd or med ever ever it's always fire yeah yeah always this i just this makes me think back to like when when i used to attend the supernatural conventions there would always be a part where they would do a costume contest and like they always had a song leading into it that was just like unnecessary but really funny and so they'd say it's a costume contest and then they go somebody's gonna die and that's what I'm thinking with this finale I'm just like somebody's gonna die the hell's happening it's gonna be a shit show in the best way but like there's gonna be a lot that happens yeah yeah which is why the PD finale had better go easy on us because we are going to be so emotionally spent by the end of fire. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a shit show. I just, I have no, it's going to be, I mean, in the best way, but like, it's going to be a lot. We'll stock up on the bottles of wine and. Uh, yeah. I'm going to need chocolate, wine, um, alcohol. It's going to be a rough night. It's going to be a rough night. Oh God. Okay. So that's about all we've got for the news. Um, hope you guys are still with us out there. Cause that was a doozy. 
yeah. Yeah. So you guys know the drill. If you see anything, send it to us. You guys do a great job of that. We really appreciate it because we don't always see things. So you guys help a lot with that. Um, no patron shout outs this week. All good. Totally cool. If you would like to support the pod for as little as $2 a month, you can check out the link in our socials. We are, we're having a blast in the Patreon group. Mm-hmm. Having a blast. Um, and now it's turned into a, a giant group chat in Facebook Messenger. So like all 85 of us are in there chatting every moment of every day. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. it's really fun. Also, don't forget we have a Patreon. Or not Patreon. We have a Patreon. I knew that. Um, Public. Public. That's what I meant to say. Yes. Um, don't forget to check out our Public page. We're having a blast over there. We finally have Hakami merch. It happened. It took a little bit, but it happened. It took a little bit. Yes, but it happened. There are Hawkins and Violet jerseys that you guys can wear now. Yeah, those have honestly been the most requested thing, like, ever. (laughs) And they finally exist. They finally exist. So, yeah, check out that link because there's a lot of fun stuff in there. And anytime we put up something new, it's on sale for the first, like, two days. Three days, yeah, I think, yeah. Two, three something like that yeah so without further ado i think we shall move into the episode shall we let's do it all right so again we are ranking the season finales of all three shows in order from least painful to most painful okay yeah Uh, we've each done our own so we'll kind of flip-flop on that like we usually do um you have in the outline here with like the brief synopsis of each finale yeah go ahead no, I just, I was going to say, I figure we can just go through our list and then just kind of summarize it from there. Yeah, it was yeah. more just for, like, us to rejog our memories of, like, what actually happened in each finale. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's, it, it was interesting going through uh, our list because some of us, like, we, we fell in pattern on some of them. We had some of the same, and then other ones were completely wildly off. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm curious. Did you get to rewatch any of them before or, like, because I spent, I so like Monday, I watched some of the fire ones I had not seen in a little bit, mainly five and seven, which like emotionally destroyed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like yesterday, I watched the PD ones, and today I watched the med ones. And I will tell you what, I have a hot take about meds finales in general, Ooh. but we'll get there. Okay. All right. Cool. So let's start it off with fire. Again, we're going from the bottom to the top. So we're going the bottom to the top. Okay. Yeah. Least Continue. painful to the most painful. Okay. So on my list for Chicago Fire, my least painful season finale is season eight. And obviously, I mean, that's a given because this is the season that was cut short by COVID. Yeah. It's so a it good episode. Really a it's a good episode. But yeah, it's not a finale. So like, and we had bigger things going on in the world at the time. Like, it, it, especially for fires, the way fire ended, like, it, no, it was fine. Yeah. So like cap her design, Emily went to med school, just yeah, wasn't intended to be the finale. It just, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you had the same thing on your list, didn't you? Yes, I did. I had season eight at the bottom again. It's like the most innocent and it like it, it you know, it wasn't a finale. It is what it, it it's fine. Actually, 10, 9, and 8 are the same on ours now that I look at them. Huh? The the bottom, the bottom three of ours on fire, they're the same. Well, nine, seven, nine, eight, seven, because there's only been nine for now. Ten hasn't happened yet. I can't math. <laughs> it's fine. But yeah. Um, so next up, so eight is at the bottom, least painful. Mm-hmm. Then we have season four, which I did go back and rewatch the other day. 
I honestly, it's not that painful. I mean, granted, I guess there is, you know, there is the cliffhanger with like, because that's the one you've got, um, Grant Severide and Kate are kind of been hooking up and like, she's finally left Grant. Um, Dawson is dealing with trying to find the apartment, you know, for her and Louie, but then, you know, Casey's like kind of in the picture. He's not really in the picture, you know, yada, yada, yada. The episode before this, Borelli just lost his brother and he like is kind of taking it out on Bowden because Bowden just had, you know, Bowden's the one that made the call and, you know, so Borelli takes it hard. Honestly, this episode just made me mad, more mad at Borelli than anything. Like I rewatched it. I was like, this episode, not great. This is not a good season. And also I hate Borelli. Like that's literally, I was just like, this sucks. Um this yeah it, this wasn't painful this actually this was a finale that actually had a little bit of closure which was nice the and then the grant thing didn't bother me either like when they pan out and they, you see that shot of grant in the corner it wasn't something where i like freaked out i was just like oh shit i was yeah intrigued. but it wasn't something where i was going to spend the whole summer bashing my head into a wall being like where are they so wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like I said, I honestly, when I rewatched this, I was just like, I mean, I get it. Grief is different on everyone. Everyone handles it differently. So like, I get it. Brelli's dealing with the loss of his brother, but he was so annoying in this episode. I just, and season four is not a great season. We don't talk about season four. So like. He was just, eh. he was just annoying period. Again, Borelli walked so Gallo could run. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um. Then we both have season one finale next. Yeah, this wasn't, I mean, this was I love this episode. I honestly, if we were ranking favorites, season one would probably be higher up for me. But in terms of like least painful and like, was I worried? I mean, granted, I was watching, I was not watching live. So like, I just got to roll into 201. But still, the season one finale, if there's nothing, there's not really a cliff hanger i mean the cliffhanger is has to do with is peter gonna stay at isn't that the one season where he stays at or is he gonna go stay at fire or is he gonna, yeah yeah so like okay this is a perfectly Ooh. good season finale for the first season of a new show yeah like it's good and i like said i really enjoy this episode but it, in terms of painful it's not painful right exactly Exactly. Like there's a reason I've rewatched it so many times because it's not painful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is where we start to differ a little bit. So I have season nine um, listed as what, six, nine or nine, eight, seven. Yeah. So I have season nine, which is higher up on Brina's list, but I think it's the only reason I have nine this low is because the ones above it were so much more painful interesting see i have season six in sixth place and so season nine obviously we all know capsized boat squad all of squad was in you know jeopardy mm -hmm. otherwise great episode to those last like five minutes yeah um season six is the one where gabby and matt end up having all the argument which also honestly i rewatched that one too we have watching them have the argument about, especially now, given the context of everything going on in the world this week, mm -hmm. um, about Gabby deciding about her body and Matt being like, no, you're not going to have a baby. And like, just given all that tension is really stressful to watch. I really did not like rewatching that. I didn't even I did think it. of it in the framework of what's been going on this week. 
Well, it was like the day I watched it, it like that night is when all the stuff came. So it's something I've been thinking about yeah. in the last couple of days. But I will say the reason I have this one ranked lower is because, well, first of all, Deadline spoiled it. So it wasn't as much of a cliffhanger of like, what's going to happen? Is Gabby really going to go to Puerto Rico? I mean, we knew she was going to Puerto Rico. Monica was not going to be on the show anymore. Yeah. It just like, so for me, I think if we hadn't known or if, you know, there was a chance that she could have gone, but then stayed on the show or, you know, whatever, like it would have been more of a cliffhanger, but like it wasn't. And at that point, at least for me personally, I was so just like season six is a terrible Dossy season. They really, I think, destroyed Gabby's character, unfortunately, in that season. And I was just so done with it that I was just like, okay, like I'm just like that summer. I really didn't think about it. I mean, yeah, of course, was it going to be a big change? It was like, oh no, Monica Raymond's not going to be on the show. Like, how do they handle it? But like, I wasn't stressing about it in the same way that some of the other ones I did with some of the other ones. Yeah. 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 So I have it way further up my list and then I'll, I'll go on my rant. Cause yeah, I feel very similar. So I have nine, um, at sixth place just because, and this, this wasn't painful either when, when they fade to black and squad is just like in the lake, I was just like, Oh hell. I was like, really, really like, damn it. But I wasn't just like, you know, my emotions. That I was mean, more so the I premiere. Think once they hit the like, filming like once I started filming for season 10 and we realized everyone was gonna be fine of course I stopped worrying about it but like there was so much tension going into that finale of like is Taylor Kinney coming back like what is going on with this contract yada 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 oh no they turned this boat upside down like everyone's underwater oh shit they're actually gonna kill Sever. like it was just like until we saw filming come back and we're like no okay Taylor's back on the show I was really like not handling it that well. That's why it's like much higher up on my list. The first five minutes of that premiere were more stressful than the finale, hands down. I mean, like I agree, but like I said, those six weeks or whatever it was between the finale and when they started filming again in July. Yeah. Those were a very stressful time. Yeah. Because that was also the time of the... um, do I can never say it the Dumas do, Dumois how do you say the Dumas, Dumas yeah yeah um that Instagram story that was like Taylor's leaving the show we were all like what the fuck like it was just such a stressful time so mm-hmm. I think given the like context of it all I was not ha- that finale made me stressed right right we have the same season listed in fifth we do season three season three yeah <laughs> the Matt and the Dead Stripper yeah we just covered this one um it's a good finale like it ends on a good cliffhanger I think for me it maybe would have done a little bit more like I was that was in my binge so for me I went straight from the season three finale into the first episode of season four so like for me there was no wait time so like it's kind of hard with some of these to evaluate them because I kind of knew what happened you know like I knew things so like it's a little different Mm -hmm. but it's a good like it is a good finale like I think it sets up you know it's got, it finishes the conflict from the episodes leading up to it. It has, you know, it sets up other things that are going to lead into season four. Cause like Gabby thinks she's pregnant. She's the one that finds Katya. You know, we finally conclude this rice thing and we've squashed the truck squad beef that have been going on for the last couple episodes. Like it's a good, it's a solid finale. There's nothing right. It's a solid finale. 
Yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely solid. I just remember, I remember the only part of it that really hit me in my feels was Gabby, like, finding out that she's pregnant. And then, of course, like, Matt's not there. So, and that being the last bit of them that we were going to see for, like, you know, until the fall. Yeah. That was, like, the most emotional part of it. I was like, oh, my God, like, Casey's always wanted to be a dad, and now he's going to be a dad, which, like, go back in time and put the clown mask on me. But, you know. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Like I said, that, I that, think... I think this is something that I maybe would have been affected by more if I had watched it live, but I didn't. And I think that does with finales and kind of judging them on what you find, like what your personal preferences are, whether they're just your favorites or what, like you said, is most traumatizing. I think when you watch something live and you have to wait until the next season, you know, all you have to wait all summer, like definitely plays a role in it versus not. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. You know, I always check the kitchen for dead strippers. Always. Always. Um, We vary big time in this one, but I have season seven and fourth on this one. Let's hang on because it's way higher on your list and then we'll really dive into it. How does that sound? Okay. So are we, because I have season two in fourth place. Um, Yeah. So let's talk season two because it's only one off from mine. So yeah, go ahead. Okay. I think kind of like what I said about season three, I think the reason season two for me personally is not higher up on this list is because I binge watched it. And so I already kind of knew that Shay wasn't going to be around, you know, she was only around for the first two seasons. I kind of knew the circuit, like I had already kind of known that stuff going into it. So yes, Shay's death as a finale is traumatic and of course then 301 and the aftermath and everything that comes with it and Severi to Gabby and the whole thing it's traumatic. It sucks. It's terrible. It's, it is all of those things. But when I think about my experiences and what I find personally to be, you know, least painful to most painful, like, yeah, it sucks. And yeah, this, you know, some of that stuff made me cry when I rewatch it back. Of course it does, but it just doesn't have the same emotions attached to it because like, I just then went straight into one, like I already kind of had it spoiled for me. So it's just like, I'm going to change the rules and I'm actually going to, I'm going to mess with mine. Because now that I think of what I put in first over a certain other season, I'm like, I did that. There we go. I'm changing the rules. Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Season two, I I have season two and third because it's more for, it's more so for the, the premiere than for the finale, just because that's the first event that really like changes the course of these characters' lives. And I mean, it just destroys Kelly because- you know, she yeah. was his right hand. Yep. So, yeah. And then the, just the fact that they reconcile right before they go inside and then like, ugh. Yeah. Heartbreaking. And poor Donna and Bowden, like. Yeah. And then also, didn't Casey propose to da- Dawson at that? Isn't that like a cardinal sin? Like you never propose to somebody at somebody else's wedding? Yep. Oh, and then that's where Mount and Trudy meet too. Oh, I love Mount and Trudy. Yeah. Yeah. That's cute. But what are you doing proposing at somebody else's wedding? Why has it taken me 10 years to realize that that happened? I don't know. My goodness. Um, but in, okay, so like I said, season two for me is in fourth place. You have season six in fourth place, which I already kind of talked about, but why you said you had a little rant you wanted to go on about season six. Yeah. So, okay. So, go so on. I, I just remember I was pissed after this finale, pissed, 
because the whole season you're like, oh my God, Dossie, like it's so great and rosy and wonderful. And now they're like, they're back on a good page. They're together. And now they're going to start trying to have a baby again. And like, I got my hopes up. And right when I was like, oh my God, this is the episode. Like they're really going to try and get pregnant and come to a solution and squashed. There was one last little obstacle that had to get thrown in there. And it was the fact that if she were to get pregnant again, she would die. Um, and then the yeah. ending, of course, like that's how it ended was Gabby being so horrible to everybody she worked with, completely yeah. destroying her friendship with Brett in one episode. And then it ending on tell me more about Puerto Rico. I was so angry at the end of that episode. That's why it's so high on my list because I was just pissed. But see, you are also you were also a bigger Dossie fan than I was. So I again makes sense. I really should have gone back and listened to because this was our first year covering the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I would love to go back and listen to that episode of us covering the finale and see what we because I've not done that. And like I would love to hear our thoughts. I just yeah. season six was such a bad season for them mm-hmm. with all of the miscommunication and like they just they had they got a lot of shit thrown their way. And you had the whole Bria stuff and like it was just not a good season and like for yeah for Den like that if you're definitely if you were a bigger Gabby stan a bigger Dossie stan than I was yeah I definitely could see people being pissed and having it be you know up there for me like I said it just we are Monica the fact the deadline ruined Monica not coming back at you know kind of ruins the cliffhanger Right, right. The season six finale is one of those that I look back on. You know, when you like look back on certain things on TV that have happened on your shows and you're just like, oh, damn it. Like, that's one of those where I'm just like, oh, now I'm mad again. Um, Yeah. Wait till we get to PD. Oh, Oh, no, I know. That happened. That happened. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh just the fact that like Gabby could not leave Chicago without like burning shit down before she went. It just it's always going to irk me. Yeah, it's just, yeah, that's a different conversation for a different day. I'm not even going to get into it, but yeah. 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 Um, so I had three, I had season nine, which we've kind of already talked about because you had it lower. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have season two, which we again, just talked about. Um, now that you've changed your rankings, we have the same top two. Yeah. Um, so season five is in number is in second place. I mean, You're My Miracle is iconic. You say that to any shy hard, they're just going to be like, why would you do that? It's truly iconic. I mean, it it is. Like, it's just going to be one of those. I don't even know what else would be as iconic as You're My Miracle. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a phrase besides, like, the common, you know, like, go, 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 like, Bowden beat, you know, like, and there is, You're My Miracle is just, like, truly iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this was my first finale live as a shy hard. So like, it was was really stressful. Um, Again, it kind of got ruined once filming started back and you started seeing pictures of Jesse back on set. It's like, oh, and everyone else back on set. And you're like, okay, they're alive. It's like day one of filming the next season. Like the very first behind the scenes photo is Jesse Spencer. And we were like, oh, okay, thank you. (laughs) Like, Yeah. So it kind of ruins it a little bit, but yeah, I mean, just iconic. It's just, I mean- and it's just, it's a really, even aside from that being iconic, it's just a, it's a really good finale. Like I honestly had forgotten about all the Mouch stuff. Mm-hmm. Like obviously I remembered Mouch having the heart attack in the fire, which is like, 
traumatizing in and of itself but I'd forgotten the fact that like Joe was mad at him and he was considering retiring and you know like obviously Kelly is dealing with the aftermath of Anna and he's all in his feels and like I just I'd forgotten so much I was like oh yeah like yeah 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 it's you're my miracle is it's just because it left them all in such a bad place like we were just like, it like fades to black and we're just like, I'm sorry, we're supposed to be okay with that right now? That like, Gabby's going to be crying outside that warehouse for the next three months and like, Casey he's and Seven all that are just like, roasting away? And Mouch just had a heart attack? And Mouch is just lying on the floor, like practically dead. We're supposed to be okay with that? That was really the one we thought we were like, oh yeah, Mouch is a goner. Like, yeah. Christian's not coming back. We were like, oh yeah, he's not. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Boy, were we wrong. And the only I mean, reason that this is not the most painful finale is because season seven exists. Yeah. Luckily, yeah, season five, everyone ended up surviving. Yes. So we are okay. Yes. Season seven. I think, and I think what's funny though, is that we have five as second and then seven, because I remember when season seven happened, we were like, there's no way they're going to kill him off season five. They thought they threw the wrench in us and we were like, and we thought Christian was going to leave and he didn't. So there's no way it's going to happen in season seven. Everyone's going to survive. It's going to be fine. And then it doesn't happen. Five is part of the reason why seven is so painful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 When I, I hear the season seven finale and all I did, the very first thing that comes to mind is Ritter going, I'm not leaving you. It's so, I literally, I, so this was such a bad life choice. So I do a lot of work, as you know, like before work, like I get up and I watch TV or I do podcast stuff or whatever. I watch season five and season seven finales back to back before work on Monday. Why? Are you okay? <laughs> because I like to be tortured, I guess. And so like, I watched your, my miracle and I'm like, oh my God, I'm sobbing. And then like, by the end, I'm literally about to like go downstairs, make my lunch to walk out the door. And I finished season seven's finale. And I'm like, and like you said, Ritter being like, I'm not leaving you. And I'm just like, all in tears. And then like the, the premiere, the premiere was just as brutal as the finale. And yeah. like, just, I'll, I will never forget the scream that Joe lets out. Like when he's in the ambo with Otis, like never forget that and then you have like brother I will be with you always which like ooh. I just and, and and of course for us that premiere will always be kind of a memory too because we watched it before we went to con so we knew everything and they didn't and then we saw the freaking memorial and nobody else knew what it was and then we talked to Daniel and we were like yeah we know about the finale or about the premiere and he's like you know and we were like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah But season seven, until the factory fire, is like a good finale. I mean, like, good for, you know, Stellaride finally gets back together. We have the iconic, um, you know, you deserve a better man than me, so I'm going to be the man you deserve. I mean, we have the thing, like, Casey and Brett are just kind of starting to feel things for each other. And, like, Bowden tells Casey, he's like, yeah, you need to bring a date to this dinner I'm inviting you to. And he, like, Casey, like, kind of almost asked out Brett, but then they get interrupted. And then he doesn't, but then Brett ends up getting engaged to the chaplain. And so, but she doesn't really clearly want to, it's like, it's a good finale. And then you get to the factory fire and you're just like, fucking shit. It's always the last five minutes. So like, let's, let's remember this as we go into May 25th, do not be fooled. If people are smiling and happy and it's like 20 minutes into the finale, it's the last five minutes. 
Would you rather have a happy finale for 35 minutes and then the last five minutes be pure torture? Would you rather truly have an, a chaotic finale that is like chaos from beginning to end? I feel like this is a trap question. Let me think about this. If it meant, okay, I guess I should say chaos from beginning to end if it means like the, the cliffhanger is a little less traumatic. Oh, well, if the cliffhanger is less traumatic and nobody's in but mortal peril, then yeah, chaos, make it chaos. Yeah. I think I like, which sounds crazy to say, I'd pick chaos over happiness, but make like. it's safe chaos. <laughs> chaos, but safe. Yeah. Yeah. But no, season seven is truly brutal. And like, I, like we said earlier, it's because of season five. Because yeah. season five lured us into this false sense of security and we got the rug snatched from underneath us. And Because I remember this finale didn't phase me at all. Like, there, you know, you have like, yeah. not leaving you and like the whistling of like, you know, and everything. And there were yeah. like, it's going to blow. I was like, I can deal with this for three months. I'm good. Yeah, I don't think we were worried that. I don't remember being worried at all that summer. And then- we saw the premiere and we were like, fucking shit, Derek. Yeah. And then I remember Derek, we like, cause we did like an email interview with Derek for that. And you asked, we asked him something about like, why kill Otis, like why now or whatever. And he's just like, yeah, you know, we had to reestablish the stakes or whatever. And we're just like, yeah. Cause you ruined us. You lured us into this false sense of security in season five. Yeah. Yep. We got a little too comfortable. So it was pulls back in line. Yep. Oh man. But no, I think for sure, like Fire's had some overall, I think rewatching this, Fire has had some really good finales, even the ones that aren't super traumatic mm-hmm. and painful. Like they're still really good finale. Like Fire's finales are usually quality. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. I cannot say that about some of the other shows. No. No, but honestly, I mean, it's a trade-off, right? Certain shows, the fact that like we don't often get cliffhangers out of med and if we do, they're really not that bad. That's nice though, because you can only handle so much in three hours, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, but we'll we'll get to med. We'll get to med. Okay, so before we get to med, we are going to go through PD. Yeah. Um, We're pretty, okay. Yeah, <laughs> no. No, no. Once again, once again, the bottom and the top match up pretty well. Do you well? Okay. Okay. Let's just start at the bottom. Yeah. Okay. So at the very beginning, our our bottom least painful season finale, we have season one. Unanimous. Jen, we hardly knew thee. We hardly knew thee. You deserve better, sir. Yes, for sure. Yep. Um, Also, things I forgot about that happened in the season finale. This is when Kevin gets promoted to intelligence over Burgess. Yep. We get Berzik in this. Um, Aaron is dealing with the whole like Charlie and Annie situation. And first kiss, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that super cute moment when he's at the door and she's like cooking and he's just like, I like you. And I think you know that. Sweet little babies. Again, good episode. But in terms of painful, it's not painful it's not at all. Painful. It yeah. is, it is at the very bottom. Yep. But again, I think it is a good, we were talking about this with Fire. I think it is a good, solid first season finale. Mm-hmm. Like the Jen cliffhanger is a good way to end the first season. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we this character that you just met and you kind of maybe have, you know, 
started establishing some feelings towards, okay, we're going to kill him off. Like you think you're safe, but you're not safe. Like it's a good finale for their first season. It's just in the grand scheme of things, not that painful. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Um, it was so funny. I was typing out notes for myself for this episode and like typing out, because I just from memory listed all the finales and like what happened in them. And it was just really funny because like just typing out the PD ones because you see the pattern again. Uh, yeah, there we go. Okay. Can you see the PD one here? Just like dies, leaves, dies, leaves, dies, leaves. Like, yeah, kind of funny. Um, I got a good kick out of that, but yeah. So, um, second least painful. So in position number seven, seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I can math sometimes. Um, we both have season two again, not painful. Poor Erin yeah. was spiraling and she wasn't doing well, but this just wasn't that painful. We did get a really good angsty Lidstead scene in this episode though. Um, yeah. when, she, when she walks in and He's like, where were you? Like, I, you know, I, I got your message or something. And she, he's like, which one? I, I left three. I can like recite that scene verbatim. And he's like, whatever you got going on upstairs, like you got to face it head on. Just like pure blissful angsty instead. That was good. It's, but it's one of those things. So like nobody really thought Aaron was leaving. I mean, again, this was in the middle of my binge. So like, I definitely knew Aaron wasn't leaving because I knew Linstead was a thing. But like, yeah, there was no real concern that Aaron was leaving. No, no, this was like, this was like, this was the, the PD version of season five where we were like, meh, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. But then we also got there with season four. And so, okay. So next up in sixth place, this is where we start to differ. Mm-hmm. So season four, I have in sixth place. And I have it in fifth. Okay. So close enough. Yeah. Um. Again, I like in the grand scheme of things at the time, it was so painful because Lynn, you know, is she up and base? I mean, she up and goes Jay and we were like, what the fuck? This is, you know, when she comes back in season five, this is going to be. And then we found out that Aaron or that Sophia was not returning to the show. And honestly, that to me is what makes this more heartbreaking than the finale actually is. Yeah, it was, I think it was a gut punch because at that time when, when season four finished, you know, uh, I know me personally, I was still like very, very like involved in what, whatever Sophia was doing. I was very, like, very, very much a fan. I mean, I still am, but like very, a lot more involved. And so like that news that she was leaving felt like a punch in the gut. And then after that, it was thinking of the fallout. I'm going, oh my God, Jay, like. He was about to put it all on the line for her. Yeah. Like I said, I think in the grand scheme of things, what makes the PD finale, like what makes that finale more painful is the fact that Sophia then left rather than the actual events of the finale itself. Yeah. Cause we got lulled into a false sense of security. I, I know like that whole last scene where she looks at the phone and she walks away. I was like, again, I was like, that's not a cliffhanger. That's a fake out. Yeah, we were, again, we were like, oh, yeah, duh, of course she's not going to New York and being with the FBI. Like, duh. Yeah. Little did we know. Yeah. Does she know Maggie and OA? Probably. A little headcanon to think about. Yeah. She probably works in another unit, but 
Probably, but I'm sure they've crossed paths. Yeah. Come ahead, Cannon. Um, yeah, so I have four and fifth. In fifth, you have which one? Five. Five. Okay. I have five a lot higher than that. But yeah, go ahead. I think here's the thing. So I rewatched five. The beginning, the first five minutes of five are really painful. Obviously, of course, Al died. Like that seeing the team find out, seeing Voight even find out, even though I don't like Voight, is really painful. But when I went back and rewatched it, honestly, I was more put off by, especially now, given the time that in space that I've put between this episode and everything about Voight's, you know, police brutality and like all that, like the way Voight went on revenge to find out who killed Al Mm -hmm. was really, I mean, it was already uncomfortable to watch back then when that episode aired. It's really uncomfortable to watch right now. It does not hold up that well at all interesting i'll have to rewatch that then um i i haven't but i have it a lot higher just because i mean al right and like the fallout throughout the entire episode and just like some of, even some of the imagery right like like the scene where adam's standing outside the interrogation room and he's got the fruit with the knife like just a nice little homage to al uh, it's painful and like i the the scene when the team finds out is still striking and like i love in that moment like just the little things how like it's so tiny and I don't even know if we're even supposed to notice it, but like Ruza goes to Burgess and like consoles her mm-hmm. for little things. Just that episode altogether. It's a, it's, it's painful. And then there's also, remember the deleted scene where like they're pouring one out for Al and yeah. Ruza and Antonio start fighting again. Yeah. It just a lot. A lot. Yeah. I mean, like I said, of course, of course Al's death is really painful, but that episode just doesn't hold up as well for me on a rewatch. Mm-hmm interesting Um, and plus i honestly if i think about the other finales i'm way more affected by the like yes al's death is sad like of course it is but if i think about the other ones those leave bigger lasting impressions on me than season five finale because like beyond al's death i honestly until i rewatched it didn't remember what else happened like literally and like the last five ten minutes of five minutes of the episode are all void like no one else yeah, but even that last scene when he's on the roof of the building and he's like crying his feels. But out I forgot like- about it. I didn't remember that until I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I feel like the fact that I forgot about it, it's not that painful for me. I was just shocked at the end of that one, like shocked. Because I was just yeah. like, oh my god, like the whole unit is so fucked. What are they gonna do? Um, yeah. So yeah. So I have, I have that season in third, and you have it in. Like fifth. Okay. So in fourth place for you, you've got seven. Mm-hmm. Which you had in sixth place. I did have it in six. Okay. Seven was the not wait. The at water. Yeah. Oh, the the COVID season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that one, like it was powerful. And I say that, you know, LaRoyce's whole tag being powerful, but it was, it was powerful. And that last scene is very like striking. It was the mm-hmm. only episode that, like, even closely resembled a finale, even though it didn't intend to be a finale. Yeah, but I think the thing that makes it, made it more painful is the fact, like, you know, I think context is important in a lot of these, and I think 
like, you know, Pete or with men and fires, it's like, oh yeah, the season's got cut short. Like they were finales, but they weren't really finales, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. PDs wasn't a finale. I mean, obviously it wasn't intended to be their finale. It was, but then you think about the context of everything that happened in those first couple of months of the pandemic. And obviously that was part of the hiatus, right? So like when that is, this is the last episode we get. And then George Floyd happened like a couple of weeks later and just all the tension and everything that was happening in the world. And then, and like, I think that adds a lot to this finale, like, and how powerful it was and how painful it was mm-hmm. because at the time, I mean, granted PD's always really been on the forefront of doing things that are realistic and hurt, you know, hurt in a way because they are so authentic and real, but like this one just really hurt i mean yes that ending scene is powerful with kevin being like i'm right here as the cars roll by him or whatever that are doyle's friends and family but again just the context of everything that was happening in the world makes this finale a lot more painful to me yeah 100 100 percent. so um i have yeah. season six in fourth place um only because i remember i had such a visceral reaction to it um which like there's 20 minutes of audio that exists that you guys will never hear that inspired this episode honestly that is why because i every couple of months i go through and i clean out you know all of our episodes off my computer and i put them on a hard drive and you know when i go through them you know sometimes i'll listen to old interviews we've done or whatever like it's fun to just go through memory lane or whatever and i saw that 25 minutes of us yelling after the the finale just sitting there and i was like i'm gonna listen to it and so i listened to it and it was hysterical just kind of going back and hearing our rage about it but then in that episode we ranked pd finales which is where this idea came from um and why i was like oh we should rank finales that would be fun but yeah, this one for me, I rewatched it and it just made me even more mad than I was. I, I, I'm, I hate this finale with a part. It's so pain. I hate this finale. I still don't understand Ruzik's code. I just, yeah. I still don't get it. I'm like, why are you taking the fall for this guy? Like you guys have been fighting tooth and nail all fucking season. Yeah. I hated that part. Obviously hate the Kelton stuff. I, I, and you know this, and this is like, I will die on this fucking hill. But John said they did him so fucking dirty. He deserves so much more respect. And he just deserves so much better as an exit from this show. He is, he was like such a big part of the heart and soul of One Chicago. And I just will forever die on that fucking hill that they did him so fucking dirty. It made me so mad to rewatch that, to see the end scene. Because the end scene, honestly, or some of those end scenes for me are some of what's more painful about this. Like when Adam gets arrested and everyone else wants to go down there and like walk him out of the building like Trudy does. And he's like, no, like you guys need to stay up here. And he goes down and Trudy walks him out and he like hits the door frame on his way out of the district. And he and Trudy have that moment, but then it, the camera switches and you go to Antonio sitting in his car, like holding the bag of, I guess it's cocaine, whatever drug it is, heroin, whatever. And he then, you know, gets, and it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck indeed. What the fuck indeed. Mm-hmm. Season six of PD is like season four of fire to me. Like we don't talk about it. Yeah, season six is, I mean, besides the upset, which is great in this episode, season six is terrible. But I hate this finale with the burning. It's so painful to me because it just reminds me of, like you said, Ruzik went down for something he really shouldn't have gone down for. And as much as I would have hated to see Antonio go down for it, like, 
that would have been better, but still they just did John Sated so dirty. And I hate this finale with a burning fucking passion. Same. The only good thing I liked about season six, the mayoral race was interesting. That oh, kept I hated me involved. That stuff. You did? I liked it. I liked the mayoral race, but other than that, the whole season was just like. No, the, when I look back on season six, I'm like, Ooh, we got some good upset scenes. Yeah. That's about where I am with season six. I just, and I, we did technically get the first part of like Atwater Doyle, which was a good episode. Yeah. But yeah. still. I remember that is. episode when like right after the crossover at the very beginning of the season when like uh, at, or Upton and Ruzik had like just hooked up. I was like mm-hmm. the secondhand embarrassment. I was like mortified. I was like, I can't look at this TV right now. Like I need an adult. I am so embarrassed. What is happening right now? Yeah. Like this so wasn't this- great. This episode just honestly and honestly that's why it's like ranking them from painful least painful to most painful it's like because i would it's painful i guess because it makes me so angry like i wouldn't say it could have been worse but like still it just it makes i have such a visceral reaction to the season finale and it hasn't gone away like i haven't rewatched it in so long so when i rewatched it the other day i was surprised at how angry i still was over yeah. it that's why it's so high on my list is because of the rage. Yeah, like I said, it just, I'm honestly, and honestly, I think I'm more mad about John than I am about the Rusick stuff. And I'm mad about the Rusick stuff. So the fact that I'm more mad about John, it just, that'll forever be the hill I die on. And I will support John you. John Seda deserves so much fucking better. I will support you on that you hill. You deserve so much better. Yep, yep. So in third place, we vary only by one here, not too bad. You got season three in third place. I have season three in second place. Yes. Justin. Oh, man. So fucking brutal. This, like, the season three finale just, like, left me in a puddle of tears. Like, just blubbering mess of tears. And I think this is one that has only become more painful over time. Like, I don't remember when I watched season three because season three was the end of like where I was in binging. So like that was the last, and then I caught up and then I started watching season four live. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't remember in between that, like me finish. Cause there was a couple months. Like I don't remember in between me finishing season three and season four beginning being that upset over Justin dying originally. But as I've rewatched it and as we've, you know, done this podcast and all the things, like the more I think, like the more I've rewatched, I'm like, yeah like Justin's death was fucking brutal and like seeing Voight as much as I don't like the man like seeing him go through those emotions of losing his only son Mm -hmm. after he already lost his wife like oh man it just it hurts it really fucking hurts even that scene at the end when like this this is the point where they're, they're trying to start like forcing you know Lindsay and Burgess to be friends but even that scene at the end when she's like crying to Burgess about it I mean like those are the those are the like legit tears those are the kind of tears that like when you are so upset they're just jumping out of your face and so like yeah. seeing her be so upset and Boyd be so upset because it was completely unexpected it just hurts yeah. a lot a lot well, and so two other things obviously I think the other reason that it hurts more now than it did back then is I since I first watched this episode have become way more obsessed with Josh Chigara so like the fact that that's the end of Josh Chigara on PD also really hurts yeah um 
But second of all, and we've kind of talked about this before in the podcast, but when you think about season three and what Justin's death ultimately did, oh, Justin's dying ultimately had effect on Al dying and yeah. like Aaron leaving. Like it just, it had so many other effects on the rest. I mean, the trajectory of the next couple of seasons, at least like it's not something you would have realized until now we're way more seasons removed and we can look back on it and be like, oh shit, like. It really, you know, it's ultimately yeah. the reason for Al dying, which is kind of crazy to think about, but it is. It's sad. It's messed up. It's that's another thing that still makes me angry when you're just like, oh, Al died for Hank. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of infuriating, but at least we will always have Josh Sagara and Christmas on the square. Always. And we're getting him in She-Hulk later this year. Thank God. That's right. That's right. We are. I think I've told this story on the pod before, but like pretty much right after that finale aired, like I think that fall, it was like 2016, I was in New York City and that's when Josh was on Broadway doing On Your Feet. And like every time I saw a billboard, I would take a picture of it and send it to both of you and be like, Justin's alive. Like, oh my God. Uh, Just like clinging on to hope, but brutal one. Really brutal. Yeah. You have season six and second. Yes, as we've already discussed. The rage. Rage. Never getting over it. And then we're unanimous on number one. If you have anything other than season eight as number one, I don't know what to tell you. I just, yeah. It was just so violent. Mm -hmm. The whole finale. Yeah. It didn't need to be. No. I felt like it was an extra, it was an extra level of violent. Like violence is one thing, but it was like an truly extra level of violent. It was so violent. I felt like scarred by that episode for like days later. I was just kind of like going through my normal life. Just like, I can't believe what I witnessed the other night. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Yeah. Very violent. Very violent. Very. The extremes of like all emotions in that episode. It's just, and it's still fresh. I mean, it's still fresh enough for me. So I did not go back and rewatch it, but like, I don't, it's one of those things. I don't know if I ever will be able to. Me neither. Like it is so, like, I've not seen it. I've only seen it enough times to do that episode last year when we covered it. And like, <laughs> I've not seen it since I have no plans right now to go back and rewatch it. Like it's that painful. God. And like, in addition to Kim being missing, you had the ruse water fight, which like, oh, that hurts mm-hmm. so bad. Well, and then not even that. I mean, what ends up happening to Haley because of her actions, you know, like with her killing Roy, it's like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. 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 Just all around. It really is for, I, I will be curious. I mean, I'm sure season nine well knock on wood i was gonna say i'm sure season nine will be nowhere near as painful but like white cliffhanger white cliffhanger white cliffhanger i can handle a white cliffhanger keep everybody else safe yeah i love how there was that uh instagram story going around i guess it was on like tracy and marina's last day of set Mm -hmm. and when you sent it in the group chat you were like well at least kim's not covered in blood this year it's sad but it's true i'll take the win i'll take the win yeah sad but it's true I just remember finishing that finale and just like sitting there for a moment and just being like, that was awful. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's like this was the worst 45 minutes of my life. Not not in not awful in the way of like that was a terrible episode, but awful as in like No, but awful as in like what the fuck did I just experience? So many shitty things just happened. Now I feel sad. No, it's a great episode from storytelling perspective, from writing. Like it's really, really strong. Yeah. But yeah, because it's so strong, it means it also absolutely sucks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Moving into med. Okay, can I get my hot take about med finales? Yes, please do. Okay, so I rewatched. Well, season one we've done an episode on recently, so I didn't feel the need to like rewatch that. And season six is more fresh in my brain because again, it was last year's finale, so I didn't rewatch that. I rewatched the other four today. Med finales really suck. <laughs> They're not good, like at all. Like I don't even know if I could have picked. Like this ranking was really hard. Because I don't, I didn't find any of them particularly painful, but I was sitting there and I was like, but some of these aren't even, don't even feel like finales. Like it was just not, I just did not like the med finales. I just don't. They're different. Let's go with that. They're different. No, they're not, <laughs> they're just not that great. Um, our lists for these are completely like all over the place. The only thing we agree on is number one. Yeah, and I, I, like I said, this ranking was really hard because I don't even know if I would consider it painful. Like, painful was, like, such a weird word for me in terms of ranking these med finales. Okay, so you in last place, as in least painful for you, you have season six. I, I have season six listed in second place. Why? <laughs> William! Huh. <laughs> Okay, this, but, but also, okay, on the grand scheme of things, if you look at the men finales as a whole, they're really not that painful. I know, that's why I said this one was ranking it was hard because none so like, of them are particularly painful. That's so, n- numbers, like, season six is number two for me under the, you know, keeping it all relative and like, it's not, it, like, it wasn't that painful. It just was like, like the most finale- but even, I guess, honestly, I ended up kind of ranking these maybe even as, like, more, like, what was a better, because, like, I guess that to me, none of these really felt like finales. Like, mm-hmm. there was maybe one or two, I was like, okay, that felt like a finale. Then I was rewatching them, I was like, eh. Like, as f- terms of finales go. So, I, honestly, I kind of ended up ranking them on, like, maybe quality of finales. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, season six to me, like, we that was our biggest complaint last year was like, it was it for it being a finale. It, didn't feel it like was one. not a finale. Like it was just like, Oh, that was a decent episode, but yeah. it did not feel like a finale at all. No, it was not painful. It, it, it also sucked because I mean, at the end, I mean, if you just watched the episode, you would have had no idea that Tori and Yaya were leaving, but we yeah. know that already deadline spoiled that weeks in advance. Like season six was just, season six it was just okay I have it ranked so high just more more because of what happened but yeah no absolutely it did not feel like a finale so I get it I get it um we do agree on fifth place fifth place is season one for both of us again Mm -hmm. like emotional Downey died yes not painful not painful Colin Donald acted the shit out of that once Downey died and like you know that last yeah. image of him like on the beach and everything like 
which is really just a giant green screen and a puddle of water probably. Um, yeah, good finale, but not painful. Yeah, agree. Okay. No. Next up in fourth, I have season three, which you have in sixth place. And I would love to hear why. Yeah. Okay. So season three of Med, let me just refresh my memory on which one this is. Um, Connor removes the conjoined twins. Manstead proposes. Um, they find, I can never remember Ethan's sister's Emily. name. Emily at the homeless encampment. Dr. Charles is figuring out all the stuff about Reese's father, you know, and that whole, it ends with Reese's father having the heart attack, I guess, or whatever. And like Dr. Charles hovering over his body and Sarah walks in. So what I realized in ranking these finales, that is that like, maybe I was more of a Manstead shipper than I thought I was. You were definitely a Manstead shipper. Cause the, like any, there's a lot of, a lot of Manstead moments that just like get me where I'm just like, "Eh," like, Oh, my feelings and the manstead proposal was one of them so but, maybe yeah I was maybe gonna say, but you i was gonna say but you have it ranked in last place um it, it wasn't painful it was just like it was just it wasn't painful i mean again none of these were particularly painful that's why i said i feel like painful for med was the wrong word to use in terms of ranking them uh-huh. but for me the reason i have season three as in third is because first of all it's a weird season finale i honestly when i forgot i was rewatching this i was just like oh yeah emily i was like oh yeah she ended up in the homeless thing i was like i forgot about all of it but mm-hmm. then the ending that cliffhanger was one of the meds actual like it felt like a real cliffhanger yeah it did it did um and it was also just really fucking weird like that whole storyline with reese's dad and the fact that that's the way that sarah reese ends up going out i'm like really yeah. really he ends up being a murderer and like it's just it's weird it's just really really weird yeah and that's why i have it in last it's it's like nothing nothing earth shattering happened and that cliffhanger didn't really bug me i was just kind of like okay eh. like yeah but to me it actually felt like a cliffhanger so i put it in third that's or fair. fourth that's fair that's fair um oh we both have the same third place okay that's good third place we have season five Season five. Yes. Man, Connor Rhodes deserved better. That's not season that's five. That's not that season? No, season five is... No, see, that's season four. Okay, well, Connor Rhodes still deserved better in season four. <laughs> um, season, five cliff, season five cliffhanger is the one that ended up not being a cliffhanger because of COVID. But it ends up with Marcel getting accused of murder and... Ethan and April and are not in a good spot because they're fighting about babies or whatever. And Ethan decides he's like, I'm going to take some time and go on a ride along with the ambulance. And he ends up in that like convenience store saving a little kid's life. And April's like all panicky about it and yada, yada, yada. And yeah, that's a messy one. But the, the only emotional part of it, I, sh- I won't say painful, but the only emotional part of it was like, finding out about Crockett and then like the whole backstory with the daughter that was well yeah that's heart-wrenching but to me again I probably originally when I first thought of it and I was like kind of just doing like a gut like okay where am I ranking these Mm -hmm. I had five at the end because again it's a COVID one it wasn't intended to be their finale you know whatever then I rewatched it today and honestly as much as sex toy was ruined at the end of the ship and like really beyond season three maybe a little bit into season four like 
they were not good at that point, but like something about Ethan going through that shootout and riding along and dealing with the kid who was shot and you know, whatever. And April being worried about it. Like, even though it wasn't intended to be the finale, like I still thought it was like a good episode. Like again, painful is not the right word for any of these finales. Yeah. But like in terms of being a good episode and a good finale, even though it wasn't intended, like I thought it was like a good episode. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. April and Ethan, just what a mess, especially that season with the, like all the baby stuff. Oh my God. Oh, Uh, season five was was a shit show for them bad really bad season five was an absolute shit show for them but this was a good moment for them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so we vary in second place Mm -hmm. um you have season two i have season six in second yes interesting season two is my favorite med finale of all of them that's dr charles getting shot right Mm-hmm. but it's really good for ship moments like it is shippy 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 like i said not that painful i mean dr charles getting shot is very painful and seeing robin go through everything that she goes through um with like her psychotic break that's really hard to watch yeah. but those last little few moments because it's like it sets up such good moment and like looking back on it it makes me like damn like we really could have had good stuff like you've got will and natalie will literally just broke up with nina because jay put it in his head that like he's not actually over natalie so will goes breaks up with nina and then he and natalie have like a dance and a good moment at noah's graduation party you've got april and ethan who finally really kind of get together in this episode at Noah's graduation party. Noah and Reese were also a very underrated ship. They have some like really cute moments in this episode. I mean, you get introduced to Ava and like in that one moment, it seems like, oh yeah, Connor and Ava could have potentially been a good ship. And then that all obviously went downhill very soon. <laughs> that after. went to shit real fast. But in that one moment when she gets introduced, it's like, oh, this could be a good enemies to lovers. Spoiler alert, it's not, but it could have been. Yeah. And it's just, season two has always been one of my favorite med finales. Again, Dr. Charles getting shot is really painful, which is why it's higher up on my list. Mm -hmm. But still, it's just, it's a great finale. I love the season two finale of med. Yeah. I love, and like you said, I'm not a huge man said one, but when I was rewatching it today, and because Jay comes to Will, because he's in the hospital, like, doing a case or whatever mm-hmm. and he's like yeah so natalie asked me to go to noah's graduation party with her and will's like not he's like yeah you should go and jay can like just read the look on his face and he's like yeah i'm gonna turn her down he's like you gotta get your shit together like <laughs> i love that moment so much perfect it's so good so good so good i love how even though our lists have varied like we've had the same number one choice for all three shows well, you ended up changing yours, but yeah, for fire, but yes. Still counts. Still counts. Still counts. Yes. Um, so number one for the first Chicago Med, we have season four. We both do. Um, yeah, this was a good season. No, it wasn't. It wasn't? Season four is Connor and Ava at their fucking worst with the dad. And it ends with Connor accusing Ava of killing his dad. And she's like, I did it for you. And yada, yada, yada. Like, no. Let me me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Season four was a good season for Manstead. 
And by good, I mean interesting. It was captivating. It was a mess. Yeah, I was going to say, Natalie ends up with Philip at the end, and we have the FBI stuff, and, like, the Burks, and, like... It was a clusterfuck, but it was an entertaining clusterfuck. (laughs) I was going to say, at least in my opinion, I'm not a big fan of season four men. I mean, I look back on it now, and I'm just like, that was amusing. Granted, yeah. I think while it aired, we were all just like, what the fuck is this? But now yeah. I look back on it, I'm like, that was kind of funny. That was funny. Uh, Are you watching that ending scene of Connor and Ava when she's like, I did it for you or whatever her exact words are. Connor's just like, what the fuck? And then she gets mad at you and mad at him because he's not into the fact that she did it for him. Like, it's just, it's wild. So bad. So bad. It's truly wild. And then Manstead that season had the whole thing with the gun. And then you had that mid, okay, that mid-season finale, like, spoke to my soul. That was one of those Manstead moments where I was just, like, in my feelings. But, yeah. yeah but had- then we ended up with Philip in the back half, and that was all a shit show. Because then Natalie ends up getting hit by the car, and Will has to, like, it's all just, and Maggie ends okay. up with cancer in this finale. Like, yeah, that sucked. That definitely sucked. It was, I look back on season four though now and I laugh, which I don't think I did at the time. No, at the time we were pulling our hair out. Yeah. Looking back on it, it is kind of funny to be like, huh, what all this shit really went down in one season. But like, it's really, I really am not a fan of season four. But I mean, I also have it listed as most painful and yes, painful because, you know. It was painful. It was painful, but also like, well. Which, you know, that that's why I'm going to rank it that way. But, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. A good season. I meant it was a clusterfuck. And it was a funny clusterfuck, damn it. No. No. I, yeah, clusterfuck. It definitely was. Yeah. So. We asked you guys for your favorite, like, your, your rankings of, like, favorite to least favorite, painful to most painful. And, Yeah. You guys had a lot. I, I think we agreed on a lot of these. So that was good. Uh, so let's start this off. Okay. So Sarah B said, for me, there's only one. And that is my miracle. First, how each person in the building got trapped one by one. Mouch's heart attack. Cruz in tears, apologizing to Mouch. And Herman having to tell him Mouch can't hear him. Yeah, that was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Casey's epic speech to Gabby, knowing he was going to die, but wanting her to remember the good times and not the fact that they had so recently been arguing. And then Stella and Otis were pinned down, but we never actually saw them. And then, of course, Bowden's anguish, knowing that he couldn't do a thing to save them. And then there was the resolution in 601 where they tried to trick us into very briefly thinking Casey had died. Yeah. Well done on that. Yeah. One. Well done. I just remember yeah. Gabby ugly crying, like the ugly cry from Gabby. Brutal. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so Helene said she has fire season seven ranked as her number one. She said by far the most painful one Chicago finale for me, mostly because of what we now know comes after Otis deaths was Otis death was brutal. And I'll never get over it. I can't hear whistling without going back to that call that says looking at you 1010 and your tunnel accident with the same whistling that just would not stop. Ooh. Yeah, that was not fun. Um, and the aftermath, just ugh, from Sylvie's tiny Otis whimper to Cruz's horror when he discovers the extent of Otis's injuries, the dedication of Otis's memorial, brother, I will be with you always, Cruz breaking down, and the entirety of 51 kneeling beside him. Like, excuse me while I go curl into feral, feral position and sob my heart out. Why? 
And she said, on a somewhat lighter note, Bretzy being stupid, Sylvie accepting the chaplain's proposal, and Matt not saying a thing had me face palming hard. One of my first Bretzy-induced near concussion, physical pain counts, right? Wait, I want to hear more about that story. Colleen's going to have to tell us about that one. Um, then she has Fire Season 2 in second place. She says the actual pain episode isn't too painful, except for Kelly beating himself up for missing that kid during the fire. Rest of this is actually quite happy. Bowden getting married, match and plow meeting. Um, Dossie gets almost engaged. Um, and she said, all's well that ends well, right? No, this is Fire's first appearance of the last 10 minutes curse. And for the time, first time we lose a main character. Um, R.I.P. Shay, I did not appreciate you enough when I first watched the show. Um, and she talks about the fact that like I may have looked up spoilers and not know not to get attached. But looking back, I wish we got more of her. Then again, her exit gave us Sylvie, so I can't exactly regret it. Um, the aftermath of this episode, again, is what hurts. Severide missing his person. Gabby carrying the guilt of switching positions with Shay is really painful. And then Helene has in third, she then has PD season eight, she says, because kidnapping and beating Kim is not enough. Why don't we shoot her too? The shock of that scene when Moy shoot. Are you okay? Yeah, I said, oh my God, just the way she phrased it. I thought you said, hold on a second. Um, The shock of that scene when Roy shoots the other guy and doesn't even blink before he fires his gun at Kim. No buildup, no suspense, just shock. Then seeing Kim fight through the pain, through the blood loss to make it out, the determination she has not to die to make it back to Michaela, just wow. She says, full disclosure, I liked PD, but wasn't really invested in the characters. Marina single-handedly drew me in and made me love Kim with this one episode. She was brilliant. I can't mention this episode without Bruce being frantic the entire time. Poor guy is so worried. The way he's ready to throw out every rule out of the window for Kim is hard to watch on so many levels. And the blowout with Kevin, my heart broke. I'm pretty sure I spent the last 10 minutes of the episode ugly crying between Kevin and Jay finding Kim barely alive, driving to med with Kevin holding Kim in his arms, whispering in her hair, and the scene of the ruse water over the phone where Kevin keeps Ruzik informed on Kim's status while he's taking care of Michaela. And the whole part with Voight and Haley, I just don't know if it makes me sad or mad. Both, I guess, truly one of the best PD episodes in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she also has some honorable mentions PD season three finale. I'm no Hank. She says, I'm no Hank Foyt fan, but no one should ever lose a child, especially not this way. Um, PD season five. I mean, that's Al's death. She says, need I see more? And then fire season five. Let's trap everybody inside a fire. Have Matt say tearful goodbyes to Gabby waiting outside. Oh, and how about giving Mount a heart attack while we're at it? Just fire things. Yeah. Fire things. Um, Haley G ranked hers least traumatic, like number 10 to number one, least traumatic to most traumatic. Okay. So her number one on this is season six of PD. Um, she said, since Ruzik's my favorite character, it was heartbreaking to watch him get arrested and everyone in intelligence have to watch and to watch Antonio just sit there and let it happen. Knowing that Adam was taking the fall for him and Voight. I know John Seda was leaving anyway, but it still bothers me. Not physically traumatized, but emotionally traumatized, which might be worse. That's her most traumatizing. Number two, she's got season eight of PD. Said, this was hard to get through. I don't know that I can ever watch it again. It was really hard to watch everything Kim went through. And I don't enjoy watching intelligence fight with each other, which is all they seem to do in this episode. Yes. Um, Also knowing that Kim's attack and mental trauma and recovery was pretty much just ignored for all of season nine makes it feel like they kidnapped her for no reason. And I don't like that. Putting her through that much brutality only one season after a miscarriage was just unnecessary. She didn't deserve that. Mm Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah. Uh, number three, she's got season five. 
said, I personally never recovered from Al's death, and I don't think anyone in intelligence has either. The show doesn't feel the same without him. True story. I agree with that. Uh, number four, she's got season three, said Justin Voigt's death was awful, and his scene with Voigt in the hospital when Voigt makes the decision to take him off life support and starts crying was the first time I ever cried watching PD. I think that was the first time I cried, too. It's painful. So painful. So painful. In fifth place is season four. She said it was never a big Lindsay fan, but it was sad to see her go. Feel bad for Lindstead shippers because it's just frustrating for a ship to end the way that they did. Yep. Number six is season two. Said again, not a huge Lindsay fan, so I just didn't care as bad as that sounds. But I will never be traumatized by a Berzik proposal. I mean, I would like to say I'll never be traumatized by a Berzik proposal, but Berzik's been kind of traumatizing lately, so not sure. Um, seventh place, she's got season one. Said never going to be traumatized by Berzik sexy time. That I will agree with. Uh, also, sorry about your luck, Jen. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, and then in number eight, she's got season seven, said this doesn't count as a finale, so it's at the bottom. But for the love of God, can a girl get a Kevin Atwater-centric season finale, preferably where he lives and it's not just about race? Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, Teresa said for PD, the most painful is season eight, not knowing if Kim would die. Adam is thinking about losing the love of his life and his speech. Poor Haley being dragged to the other side. Then she has number two, she's season six, where Ruzik is arrested. And then number three, she has season five, Alinsky dying. I miss him. They need to, they need him to appear in an Adam dream sequence. Oh. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. Um, and then she said about fire, she said, I would consider their premieres more painful. Shay was my favorite character in 301 um made me cry i was also sad when otis died but as for the actual finale i'd have to say the one where gabby went to puerto rico puerto rico shocked me because i didn't think monica would leave yeah yeah um leia ranked pd least to most painful so least to most painful she's got 115 she said jen we hardly knew you um season four then season two then season three she's <laughs> so at the end of season two she goes never into aaron at the end of season three she goes justin you were okay <laughs> then season seven Good episode, just wasn't meant to be a finale, and you could tell. Then season six, great finale, just not that painful to see Dawson go. Uh, <laughs> Ren is jaw just dropped. Yeah. And then season eight, Kim Upton and Voight hiatus, ugh. And then, of course, the most painful of all, season five. So, it's fair. Seems like it's a tie between season eight and season five of PD for most painful. And six is up there, too, for most yeah. people. Yep. Um, Mina said PD eight, season eight broke me the most painful, the most, 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 most painful, scary, stressful breakdown inducing finale ever. Nothing can ever top it in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. John T said for fire season seven, the factory fire ranks first followed by the season nine finale and then the season five finale and then season two. Yeah. Yep. I think those are probably the top four for fire too. Mm-hmm. And then he says, for PD, I think season eight's finale where Kim nearly died has to be one of the best. Yeah. Um, Terry D said, PD season eight. I didn't watch the show, but happened to see that episode. Knew almost nothing about the character, but the episode was so good. I binged watched the entire series over the summer. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because like we won't go back and watch that finale, and that's what got her into it. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, Damar also said, PD season, uh, season eight said um pd season eight wrecked me to my core i never knew peace seeing kim drag herself while shot was hard to watch 
for fire, definitely the factory fire that killed Otis. Yeah. Isaac said the fire finale where Mount Herman Severide and Casey almost died in the warehouse fire. Casey said goodbye to Gabby and Cruz crying on the radio trying to talk to Mount. Man, I almost teared up watching that every time. That was the first fire episode I ever watched. Mm. Interesting. I, I, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then Myra said PD season eight finale, by far the most painful. Seeing Kim drag her half-dead body and Adam losing his mind over trying to find her. Can we stop talking about Kim dragging her half-dead body? <laughs> like, yeah. No. Uh, and then Myra said, the fire season five finale, you're my miracle to Gabby. It'll go down in history. Special shout out to PD season seven. That end shot was really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So we all have about the same consensus. Yeah. The order may vary, but I definitely think it's pretty clear for most people, like what the bottoms are and like, what are the bad episodes and what are the good ones? Yeah, for sure. So, any other notes on ranking these finales? No, this was fun though. Like it's fun to go back and revisit things that you haven't thought about in a long time. Like I said, I hadn't thought about some of those med ones ever because I, I clearly don't like the med finales that much. But it was fun to go back and rewatch them and just be like, oh, yeah, this was the finale and this was this and this was like, it's just it's fun to go back and rewatch those things. And I think ahead of season like these upcoming seasons, it's be like, okay, like if Derek says season 10 is going to be their best one yet. And that's fires had some really, like you said, quality finale. So for Derek to say 10 is going to be one of their best ones yet. I'm curious to see. I'm curious and scared. Curious and scared. Well, yeah, obviously. Does this, does doing this episode, does it make you feel any better prepared for the season finales in a few weeks? Um, I don't know if better prepared because I don't know if you can ever really be pre- prepared for a one Chicago finale on any of these shows. <laughs> but I definitely, I, yeah, I, I guess I think the only one it makes me a little more excited for is again, like going back to bed because. I, like I said, I didn't really think about this, but again, doing this made me realize I really don't like the med finales. So I'm like, okay, it's season seven. Season seven overall has been se- med's best season by far. So can med season seven finale like move to the top of my list and be like, yeah, this is a great finale, their best one yet. Mm-hmm. So I'll be curious to see about that. Yeah, yeah. So that's not all we've got for today. Um, you guys know where to find us as always. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, meet us and Ollie's across the board. Patreon, TeePublic. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of where else, but I think that's really about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I'm at Bryna K13. Um, you guys, if you like the show, which we really hope you do because you've made it all the way to the end, if you could please leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, we would love that. It does help other shyhards find the pod. Um, and when new shyhards find the pod, that means our family grows and that is a good thing. So um, yeah, that's awesome. Regular schedule going forward. As long as there's new episodes of the show, there's new episodes of the pod. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but maybe I'm not. I don't think so. Okay. Well, um, yeah. So in the meantime, you guys have a good weekend. Keep an eye out for any other news and and gear up because it's going to be a crazy end to these seasons. So you guys have a good weekend and we will see you next week. Bye.